0: those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details.
1: Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half.
2: ladies and gentlemen boys and girls welcome to the first cut podcast we have a special episode for you guys today in october mailbag you guys send in the questions we'll try to answer them and i brought in two of the best i, I am joined by that might be adam gase it could be kyle porter at kyle porter cbs kp <laughs> how are you
1: doing today i'm great i I apparently wore my Dolphins outfit on a day where I'm on multiple video podcasts. So great, great job. by me. Wait, what's the deal? I, I don't follow the NFL that closely. It, does McDaniel call the plays in, in Miami or what?
2: I think so. Right. He was the offensive oh, genius so. from the Niners brought it over. Now two is unbelievable. I, I think he's got to be uh, the mastermind,
1: over but there. Adam Gase, like what, what's his, what's his role in that?
2: Adam Gase is, uh, it was like a bad scene in Miami. He was the QB whisper and it just didn't go right. And I think he then went to the jets and I think he's out of the NFL, right?
1: Oh, so he's no, he he's not there anymore.
2: Adam Gase was not a compliment to you.
1: Gotcha. Cause people on Twitter were throwing that at me and I didn't even know I I'm, I'm straight. I want to be McDaniel. Just, I mean, I'm scripting out plays for Friday night. We got a big game against the chiefs. It's, it's, uh, I'm I'm dialed right now, five and zero.
2: All right, we got Mike KP McDaniel on the upper right, and we are also joined by Mr. Gregory Ducharme. Greg, what's up,
0: boys? All is well. Uh, I'm I'm wishing I was drawing up plays because it sounds really fun. But look, I'm not a mastermind. I I can't put these things together. Running an offense <laughs> is a serious endeavor. I mean, the level of depth you're talking about all week long, the meetings and the practices and. The execution, communication with play. This is a serious thing. I don't think I can handle it. No,
1: I don't. I'm pretty sure you couldn't. I mean, it's 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 very serious. <laughs> <laughs> the last team we played, it was like, it was like uh, they couldn't figure out the flag situation, like how to get the flags on. And we're out there running like play action. I was like, we need we need to be in a different league. Like this is not good. <laughs> this is this is not bad for everyone.
2: You
0: uh, run it
1: SB up on them. Coming, nah. Oh, I always run it up. I mean, listen. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. I'm actually just more trying to like satiate all the parents there and try to get everybody a TD, get everybody a look. You know that mm-hmm. that kind of thing.
2: And
0: the grand, you you got a, parents, you got to run this offense to the point where when you come up against a big game in a big game against the chiefs, you're ready to go. I mean, you got a lot of plays to run.
1: That's the thing. I mean, a couple of times this year, the, the referees have forced us to like change quarterback, like to, to, to like, you know, call off the dogs. It's, it's, it's tough.
0: Are I mean, you in a gr- game like that? Are you trying to like keep anything off film? You got anything in your back pocket for the big <laughs> yeah. game? Or?
2: Are there uh, any chiefs coaches at your game kind of watching your signaling from the sideline I, or anything I, like that?
1: I told this story on the fried egg uh, this week, which will come out at some point, but this team we played a couple of weeks ago, uh, the coach, the offensive, the, the coach can be on the field for like your offensive plays. And the other coach had one AirPod in, and I looked at <laughs> I looked at our head at our at my buddy who helps coach, and I was like, "Do you think he's getting plays from the press box up there through his AirPod?"
2: <laughs> that is ridiculous. He's got someone at home like running a Madden script, and he's just calling we, them out to you.
1: We played a team with a drone last year. They they filmed the the game with a drone and watched film later.
0: Was that Michigan? <laughs>
1: Are you, you know fo- <laughs> are you guys following that story? I, I'm I've like been in and out. I haven't. I don't really know what's going on, and so it seems confusing.
0: I'm I'm following the headlines, but no no deep dives.
2: Yeah, I, I've read a few tweets of uh, you know some screenshots of play sheets with uh, hand motions on the sideline of Michigan. That kind of looks like you know someone in the airport doing waving down what? the plane or what someone would be doing on the opponent sideline. So I don't know. I, I need all the facts to come out, but
1: it seems just tailor-made for the college football message board scene. Like just the center of the center of the, of the Venn diagram of like interests. It seems perfect.
2: It, it couldn't happen to a better fan base than Michigan too. Right? Uh, oh yeah. Just, <laughs> just really good crop of people up there. Big blue. <laughs> rooting them in big fan big fans for them um go. but no i i digress enough about football enough about kyle's dolphins we'll root them on friday night there against the chiefs the mighty mighty chiefs dolphins <laughs> for a 6-0 record everyone tune in kyle will be live streaming it i'm sure uh but we got to talk about golf and we got to talk about a few questions that the listeners posed to us and i think i'll just get right into them Toss them to you guys. See what you guys think, and uh, if I have an extra thoughts, so I'll I'll throw my two cents in the in the wind as well. And we got the first one from Jake on Twitter. Your thoughts on Daniel Berger, the Burgermeister, Meister Meister Berger Meister, as he comes back from his back injury. He has not played since the 2022 U.S. Open. He posted on social media that he might be coming back soon. I mean, he had a great 2021. You think about winning at the Schwab out of COVID. He won at the AT&T Pebble Beach as well. Member of that Ryder Cup team. Uh, But Daniel Berger, in a year that a lot changed in the world of golf, was on the sidelines, and he's coming back kind of looking to reinvent himself, so to speak.
0: These um, These are tough ones for me, especially when you have... Well, one, I think injuries are really hard to predict in the game of golf as it is. It's not like football where it's a physical game and you're trying to figure out if somebody can take the hits or not these are the kind of things where uh you know one swing can tweak something right a minor injury in the game of golf can have a much bigger effect where it's it's harder to play through just pain it has to do with can you play through and execute your form properly so they're always tough for me the one good thing strangely a good thing is it, he's taken an, enough time off where I, I feel like they're not rushing back into it you know i don't i don't get the sense that this was okay i think i can get back for you know the masters for instance this is uh, i'm i'm going to work my way back at the start of a season and uh, and we'll see how it goes so he's kind of taking it slow so i i think that gives you a pretty good indicator that the health will be okay uh, and then it's a matter of is this game gonna return to the phenomenal iron play that we saw at the you know the last last year we saw him play, which was two thousand and twenty two, the first half of two thousand and twenty two. It was absolutely phenomenal then.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a bad time for a long entry, right? Because uh well, two reasons. One inevitably no matter who you are when you're injured during this time frame there's going to be live rumors and and there have been with with Daniel Berger I, I don't know if there's any substance to those um but it's definitely been people talking about it and I think too I mean think about how much PGA Tour purses have gone up over the last basically since he's been out you know and to miss out on that is um it's pretty tough. I don't, I can't think of a ton of, I mean, it's, he's been out for a long time and I don't know what even the comp would be for somebody like this kind of in the middle of his career. How, how old is Daniel Berger? What? 31 or something like that.
0: Uh, that sound 30. It might be 32, 32. Okay. So
1: like really like the middle of his career, and I, I just don't know what the can you guys think of a comp in terms of somebody missing that much time in the in the in the middle of their career?
0: He's 30. OK,
1: yeah, because he was with the J. He, he was J.T. Speed that group.
0: Right. And one rookie of the year. Yeah. Which is an amazing. Just speaks to the talent level. Another comp.
2: What a uh, stricker dealt with some injuries, right? kind of throughout his career. Yeah,
0: and swing changes. Um, but not a year and a half. I mean, he <laughs> was out since since 2022 U.S. Open. Yeah, that's the thing.
1: Like, you think about even...
2: That is so long.
1: Like, you, that's what I'm saying. You think about how long
0: has Zalatoris been out? Uh, since he, the since, Masters? Uh, well, he played Century Tournament of Champion. Yeah, I guess he played Masters. He tried to play Masters and withdrew. Right. And I think that was April and that's felt
1: like forever and burgers over twice as long. So it's just, it's a, it's a weird thing. I, I don't know. Obviously he could come back from it, but I don't know what the, I don't know what, what a viable comp would even be for him.
2: So he was ranked 25th at the time of his last start. Guess what he is ranked now in the world.
0: 225 uh, 195
2: 385 wow yeah yeah that well
0: is- i mean you're on a two year cycle so he's dealing with 6 months of points yeah it's right pretty- i mean that's a you're go- you're going to fall dramatically just ask remember- anyone on live remember coming out of covid he was he was like one of the top
1: 5 guys on the on the pga tour for 3 or 4 months there
2: yeah. Yeah. He, he, was he
1: won the first event back. He was, but he was awesome for like three, four months. And then obviously, Ryder Cup, he was good. And uh, yeah, it's a bummer. I mean, I, he gets forgotten about just because anybody who's injured gets forgotten about. But uh, hopefully, he can come back and make a go of it.
2: Yeah. I think, especially when you look at qualifying into signature events, it, it sucks that someone who built up so much status has to kind of start from the beginning again. I know those events have four sponsors exemptions, which what you think about those is a different conversation, but you'd assume someone like Daniel Berger might garner a few of those at least. Um, And and if he doesn't, he's one of those guys who needs to get hot in between those signature events in those, uh, what are those called the next five
0: or something like that? Uh, Whatever it may be. Um, but, but yeah, it actually it, may it, be it may play into his advantage. You know, play could. against some a little bit of lesser competition. And then you kind of he he maybe it allows him to work his way back into it, build a little bit of confidence and uh, and find his way into those events.
2: Yeah, but between live, between the new PGA tour schedule and inflation, uh probably the worst time to be injured as a professional golfer, unfortunately. Totally. All right, we will move on from Mr. Berger, and we got a question from Bracketologist3, and he is wondering which of these major list players will go on to win a major in their career. Josh, do you have a list potentially so we can just run through them? Uh, There's about 10 names he listed. Um, I'll I'll just go through them. First one, Victor Hoffland. Will he win a major? Yes, Yes. I agree. Xander Shoffley. Yes. Yes. I agree. Patrick Cantlay. Yes. Yes.
1: I mean, it, it, this is so hard. There's only four of them.
2: Yeah, like you think he, Cant, but we're Cantlay's talking full like,
0: career. Cantlay's yeah, like, talk- what,
2: around 30? He's probably got 40-ish in his prime, less than 40 in his prime.
0: Yeah, you,
1: so you start handing out the next 40, and you're like, okay, well – Rom wins probably seventeen of them, and then that leaves twenty. Now I'm kidding, but twenty for Olympic. <laughs> there's just yeah, exactly. Sergeant gets five. There's there's just so few, which is what makes them so special. But it's just this is a very we always we we have a tendency to overestimate how many majors players will win, even if it's one one versus zero.
0: It's true. And I, th- I thought the same thing looking at this list because I, I, my, at my first glance, I said, yes, 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 uh, right away. And I, it, and I had the same thought you just did, Kyle. But it's hard to imagine Xander Shoffley's career or Patrick Cantlay's career going over. I know. I know.
2: I agree with Cantlay. I think he grabs one. He just got, he has to get himself in the mix somehow, though.
1: Okay.
0: So that's three yeses.
2: All right. Max Homa.
0: A fourth yes for me. It'll change after this. I promise.
2: Uh,
1: <laughs> How old is Homa?
0: Is he 34?
2: I think three, 33. 33. Maybe. I'll say no. Okay. I'm going to go yes as well. I think uh, these next two years, I think he's going to grab one. Ricky Fowler, no, no, yeah, no. Unfortunately, sorry, Richard.
0: Thirty-two uh, for Homa, by the way. Okay, so he's
2: got he's yeah, 30, he'll be thirty-three
0: yeah. in uh, no on November nineteenth.
2: Tommy Fleetwood,
0: no, no,
2: no. I agree. All right, here, here's an interesting one. Cam Young,
0: such a hard one. He looks like he's
1: 41. I think he's really only like 27. Maybe he 26.
0: 26. Yeah. I think he's 20.
2: still uh, without a win on the PGA Tour. But major championship resume is stunning.
0: It's it's awesome. I say yes. He's 26.
2: I lean yes as well. He's got he's got a lot of time.
0: We've seen a phenomenal Cam Young uh, in his rookie year, and we saw a not so great Cam Young in his sophomore year. So I'm not sure which one is more real, but I I think the rookie season is a little more real. And you know, it also helps that he still played really well in the majors in the not so good year. So I'm a I'm a yes.
2: Cool. Uh, Sam Burns no
0: i'm I'm no. just i'm just running out of majors here yeah i'm a no
2: his game's just not uh not suited for them i think you think about someone who's wayward off the tee irons get hot and cold relies on the putter too much uh that's tough in major championship conditions
1: I mean he he's the he's the kind of guy, and this is true of a lot of guys on this list. He's the kind of guy that if he wins a major, he'll only win. He's like a one major guy. So it's just a it's a very uh like do you think he not lucks into, but do you think he's around enough that he one goes his way, which is what I, which is why I would say yes about Xander, right? He's been around so many of them that at some point you're like, okay, I th- I think he. I mean, maybe not. I, I don't know. But at some point, I think one just sort of falls his way. And with Burns, I just don't know that he's going to be around it. It, it, it. I mean, it could be a Sandy Lyle situation where it's like you got four top tens, but two of them are are major wins, right? That's that's like a very lucky outcome. And uh, I, I think you're just betting against that luck when you say no on Sam Burns.
2: Yeah, I agree. And he is, I think, one of the... Only people inside the top 20 in the OWGR without a top 10 in a major championship. Uh, he was with Max Oma before the open, but now it's only Burns, I believe. All right. Yeah. Next one. Willie Z. Will Zalatoris.
0: This one is maybe the hardest answer on this entire board. Yeah. Cause
2: a year
1: ago
0: you would say yes. And I, I still want to say yes, but you don't know what happens with the injuries, but unlike Daniel Berger, um, Will Zalatoris' injuries appear to come from, you know, the way that he swings the club, which is potentially problematic. If he has to make swing changes for health reasons and his game relies so heavily on that ball striking, it's a big change. It's It'd be so, it'd be just, the problem is, it'd be too sad for me to say no. So I, I think this story has, you know, a happy ending. I'm gonna I'm gonna say yes, but even though I made all points against, I'm gonna say yes.
1: Uh, this is really really difficult. I I'll say, like the the thing about him is, if, if he's good, at, if he, if he's healthy enough to win one, I think he could win like
0: three.
2: Yeah.
1: Easily.
0: So he's around enough.
1: I just don't know if he's, if he's going to be like, I'll I'll say yes. I think he's, I don't know if he's generationally good, but I think he's at the level to where if the injuries even like, if he's like even mildly. Okay. I think, I think he'll,
0: I think he'll have a chance. He may get one if he has three good years left. Right.
2: I I agree with you guys. And maybe the toughest one on this list, at least for me personally, uh, this is kind of a weird name. I'm not going to lie. Denny McCarthy.
0: No. No.
2: I think he has one chance to win a major championship, and it is whenever the U.S. Open goes back to Marion. I assume it's coming in the next 10 years. They have that planned out 20, until
1: 2030. 20, it's the, the hundredth anniversary of Bobby Jones, one in the slam
2: boom. That's you can pen Denny McCarthy in. Pin! Wow, for that one that, you know, from, from that area, kind of shorter golf course. That's his only chance.
1: I, I mean, I think the encouragement with Denny McCarthy is Brian Harmon, right? I, I'm not, I don't think Danny McCarthy is as good of a golfer as Brian Harman, but Brian Harmon won the open by like six, you know, and, and there's, there's, you know, is Brian Harman ever going to win another major? No, but everybody that's in the top 50 or 40 in the world has a chance to just have the week of their life, you know? And so could Danny McCarthy win one? Sure. But are the odds very, very, very much against him? I, I think probably so.
2: All right, we'll have to wait until 2030.
1: Can I give you all like four more names? Yeah. Just yes, no, yes, no. Tyrell, Tyrell Hatton.
2: No,
0: no,
1: no. Russell Henley.
0: No. No.
1: Uh, Here's an interesting one. Tom Kim.
0: Yes. Very interesting one. No. He's got
2: like PGA written all over him somehow.
0: No,
1: not. I don't think he does. I, I think the courses for the at the PGA don't. I don't. I can't win at Bethpage.
0: You know, he's got he's got an open. Yes, like Morikawa. Yes, if anything. Right, a good weather open. I'm gonna say, uh,
1: he's so young, and he's so good. I'll say yes just because of like how many shots he has at one.
0: Will it ever become a problem for Tom Kim majorless if he's 27 and doesn't have a major, 30 and doesn't have a major? Will that be a thing?
1: I, I, I think guys like him and, and Havon's a little bit like this who are almost their likability comes before their greatness. It, it doesn't seem like that's as big of a thing as somebody like a ROM or a, um, uh, Rory who are clearly generationally good. And that comes like, you, you see that as the first thing and then the likability comes after that Tom Kim and, and Hovland lead with likability. And then you're like, Oh, they're also very good at golf, you know? And I think with guys like that, it doesn't, it doesn't affect them or it doesn't, I don't know. For some reason it doesn't affect them as much. I see where you're going there. I like it. uh, Sungjae last, last one.
0: Hmm. I think Sungjae, I think Sungjae can win a major. Yeah. I think he can win any. So I'd say, I'd say yes.
2: He's like what? 24. (laughs) Yeah. No, no
0: military service either.
2: He's sneaky young. Um, I'm going to go now with Sungjae. I think Jay wins the Masters. Oh. Okay. Okay. I can get beyond that. All right. We will return shortly with some more questions. But first, we need to take a break for our partners. It's only a kick. And we are back. Hope you guys didn't miss us. We got a question from Nicola on Instagram, and it is, what do you think will happen first? Colin Morikawa will win his third major championship, or Victor Hovland will win his first. So who, w- who wins a major championship sooner, pretty much? Uh,
0: another one that's really difficult, and there's a couple reasons. One, they're both phenomenally good. And I have a feeling that both of these things happen. So that makes it tough. Morikawa just won. Victor Hoblin has looked like the best player in the world. Every time we've seen him for a couple months. I'm going to, so there's really, it, it's like a luck kind of answer, but I'm going to try to reason my way through it. And I'm going to use the weakness. When I watch Kala Morikawa, who I do believe will win another major. I, I feel like he has to luck into it a little more because his weakness, which is the putter. I, I don't know if he really understands the solution. I, I feel like he works really hard at it and finds it for a week, finds it for a month, and then it goes away and he switches from the claw back to conventional. And it, right now, I haven't seen anything that leads me to believe he's found the answer, found the solution. Whereas Hovland, whose weakness is very was very much short game, seems to have found an answer. And when I listen to him speak, he very clearly understands what to do, and it very clearly works week in and week out. So I think there's a greater likelihood that Hovland peaks at the right time. Whereas Morikawa will peak and probably frequently but it's a little more difficult to make that happen during four specific weeks in my opinion
1: yeah i i think hovland um interesting stat patrick is uh so since 2020 basically since they both started playing majors hovland's uh uh x wins which is win expectancy at majors is 0.5 so he he like if if you kind of played out all those scenarios, because you can't control what other guys do, right? You can't control Brooks going crazy at Oak Hill. His win expectancy across all majors is 0.5. You would expect him to have won half a major. So it makes sense that he has none. Uh, Colin Morcal on the other hand, his win expectancy at majors is 0.9. So you would have expected him to have won 0.9 of a major, and he's actually won two. So that, to me, tells me, hey, there's a little bit of luck in that, not that Morcal has one, but that he has two. And I don't, I don't see him as a like a generational two majors in his first eight type guy. I think the luck, and I think we've seen this play out. I think the luck was on, like, did fall his way early. And I think what you've got right now is Morikawa kind of settling into the player that he is, and Hovland on a path to like usurp him, to surpass him, to become better than him. And as a result, I think, I think Hovland wins. A major, maybe multiples over the next five or six years, and I'm—I don't feel as confident about Morikawa.
2: I do lean Hovland just because I think between the two of them, they'll win one over the next two years. And you look at some of the venues, Augusta. They both both have played well. Uh, I would give the edge to Hovland in the Open Championship. Morikawa was a great U.S. Open player, but I kind of like him more. I kind of like Hovland more. At Pinehurst, we talked about how you know Martin Keimer kind of putted his way around that place. I know Hovland's chipping has improved, but it's just another avenue through which he could help that short game along. Uh, and then the PGA, I think, uh, sets up pretty well for Hovland as well, just overall. So Eileen Hovland uh, just uh, slightly, and Kyle, like you said, the the luck. You think eventually it's gonna? I mean, we saw it on sixteen. That's not really luck, but. Victor Hovland usually doesn't hit that type of shot in the face of the bunker at Oak Hill. Um, so that was a good question. I liked it. We are on to SG fairway finder. Do you think Rory McIlroy would have a better shot at winning the masters? If it was played later in the year, he seems to warm up by the last two majors of the year. And of course the FedEx cup.
1: Well, the masters was played later in the year at, at one point And, uh, and he did not, Did not contend. So I don't know. I mean, theoretically, yes, but I think that place is just, it's a, the longer it goes, the harder, like the more difficult it gets for, for him, for everybody. And I think that's, I think that's true of him. I think, I think one year, we always get this, uh, Oh, what should Rory try this year? Should he get there on the Sunday before? Should he get there on? Should he play the par three? I think one year I was telling somebody this recently. I think one year he should he should fly in on like Thursday morning for a uh, for like a for like he has like a one p.m. tea time just just. Take the P.J. up from Florida on, on Thursday morning at like 9 a.m. Just cut it close, just roll almost like Medina when he got the police escort to the course. <laughs> just roll in, throw the shoes on and let it rip. I, I honestly think he would choose 66 if he did that.
2: It's, it's probably the last stone he needs to turn over. He's tried everything
0: else, you would think. be great. I think the number of things that he's tried almost is a problem. You know, like you're always it's always like the first time my first time playing so many practice rounds, 81 holes before like he did last year. (laughs) You know, like there's all these things that happen. You look at what he did last year and he changes his driver and changes his putter, you know, the one start before for the match play before the Masters. And that signifies to me why moving it around in the schedule wouldn't affect anything this is a standalone event for Rory McIlroy. And I would argue that the reason he's played well later in the year is because Masters is behind him, This has a major effect on, on him. And it's on his mind constantly as it should be. So it has nothing to do with whether or not he'll crack the code, but uh, Rory's ability to crack the code and answer that question has nothing to do with the time of year. It has to do with simply, what it means to win that event uh, and and if he's able to overcome that which will be a significant challenge and has been uh, it's it's not going to have to do with you know his form coming in can he handle four days uh, in contention at augusta national and win
2: yeah maybe he goes like zero dark 30 lebron james playoff mode just uh out of sight, out of mind for, for a month or so. See what happens. Get everyone riled up even more. Uh, golf Digest had an article about if mushrooms make you play better. So maybe uh, he could try that as well. We are on to Harold Russell from Apple Reviews. He is asking, what is in your golf bag? Greg, let's start with you.
0: Okay. Um, no surprise. It's all Titleist equipment. Uh, I have a... The driver is a TSR2 10 degrees aloft, Fujikura this, this is, Atmos this is shaft
1: deeper than I'm going to be going.
2: I'm going to be on your speed, Kyle, don't worry. Okay. I'll go all I'll
0: go all the way deep.
2: <laughs> yeah, do it.
0: 3 wood is a 16 and degree uh, TSR2 same Fujikura Atmos shaft, the red. But all of these are the red. Uh the hybrid mm-hmm. is a TSR2 with 21 degrees aloft. Then I have a 4 iron that's the it's like the Titleist driving iron. It's the U500 with a graphite shaft in there and it's awesome. Absolute game changer. Irons 5 through pitching wedge are T100. Uh, I have a Nippon shaft in those and I love those as well. I got a 50 54 and a 60 uh, SM9. The 50 has a, the F grind, 12 degrees of bounce. The 54 is a D grind, 12 degrees of bounce. D, um, it's, it's the Ducharme grind. Uh, and then <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the 60 Patrick, degree.
1: Patrick enjoyed that. <laughs> uh, the,
0: the 60 is, or, or the lobber, as, as Bob Volke calls it, uh, is an M grind with eight degrees of bounce also sm9 i actually the wedges i I had a chance not in these sm9s in the sm sevens or eights i sadly can't remember i went out to tpi in california and they went through this whole presentation on the new wedges and um and bob boke was actually there and fit me for my wedges so they are i haven't changed the specs since in any of the new sets they're dialed in awesome
1: Bob Vokey fit me for my wedges is not what I have to share on my yeah. WI-TV.
2: Kyle. Follow yeah, what's that your what's wait, your what's Rick, your what you putting? Yeah.
0: Oh, that old thing. It's uh, <laughs> uh, Scotty Cameron Newport Two. Oh,
1: of course. Yep.
0: Super Select. Uh, I'm actually playing the Special Select right now. I have, which is the previous year's model. I have a Super Select as well, which is great, but um. I have a little more loft on my the on my gamer and it sets up it just it sets up nice. And I guess I can't leave out the golf ball that's a Pro V1X.
2: Naturally. Natu- Greg, what uh, yeah. what's your swing speed like? What are your numbers? I feel like you get on the system a lot.
0: Yeah, I'm at like a about a 115 guy. Um you know, one uh, mid to high 160s in the ball speed. I launch it low though, so I don't really fly it that far. But if we get the right conditions, I can roll it out there three hundred.
2: Okay, Kyle, you want to follow that up? I don't, but I will.
1: <laughs> uh, I still need to. I need to go and I need to send Greg some some. I feel like Greg could help me out. Like I just send me am, the film. I'm lost. I I can't. I'm. I've got like a three way miss going on. It, it's atrocious. Um, you
0: you know the value of a film study. Oh, well, for sure. Yeah. Get the yeah, drone out there, Kyle. I
1: do. Uh, I don't hit a driver because I can't hit a driver right now. She to, took driver out of the bag. What's in my bag? Not a driver. Uh, <laughs> I'm actually supposed to go get fitted uh, by Titleist here in uh, like two weeks. So maybe I will have a driver after that. I'm excited about that. Awesome. Um, I was actually hitting like this old Callaway mini driver that my buddy gave me. Uh which is just kind of been interesting a little fleetwood action mini driver going
0: on my buddy I, gave me that's the key <clears throat> usually it doesn't turn out great
1: no i mean it's it, the shaft is like i think it's like a like you know like a 78 year old shaft <laughs> uh just so much flex i feel it like just bending as i'm as i'm coming down on the ball i've got i don't even know what i have uh patrick i might have to Uh, get up from my chair and go grab my irons over there um hold on just a second
2: all right i'll fill in here i got my woods are cobra i think they're uh is it like super speed something like that the driver ten and a half three wood i don't know the degree but uh i got fitted like four or five years ago i think okay and then uh, my irons I've had for the a decade Mizuno MP59,
0: maybe. Oh, blade blades,
2: yeah, yeah. They're uh,
0: Ooh, you're one of the love, kids.
2: It's a love hate relationship. It's uh, some days it's really good, some days it's really bad. Wedges are also Vokey. I go 50, 55, 60. I got the 56 bent degree. I don't know the grind, but I was fitted for them, and I think that's enough for me. And then the putter is a double blade odyssey, which I can't make crap with, but it feels good in my hand. I roll it nice. I just don't know how to read greens. At least that's what I'm telling myself. And then my golf ball is anything with cool patterns on it. Callaway. I'll play that. made, I will play that.
0: And just occasionally,
2: yeah. I mean, TP five X with the American flag. Sure uh chrome soft with some crazy hexagon design i like Sign the hexagon
1: i'm in on yeah, the hexagon it,
2: yeah it, you know i get pretty bored out there a little bit so that kind of grabs my attention so that's what i play sometimes a yellow too uh, just whatever
0: it, that is, That's just disappointing <laughs>
2: <laughs> greg not all of us can be outfitted by freaking titleists through I'm, the whole day i'm bag. not trying
0: to, I, i'm not saying you have to play the best ball in golf but you got to play the at least the same ball. If you want to play one with a cool design cuz it keeps you occupied, which I'm not sure how that makes sense. Craig is a, Greg time, is a disappointed father right now. I'm just disappointed. You got to play the same ball. It's a piece of equipment. I don't care if it's, you know, a, a range ball that from your favorite course that you just hiked a couple dozen from. Don't do that. But it, it's got to be the same. This is whatever I found in the woods. Okay, I'll I'll
1: alleviate Patrick's ire here. Uh, (laughs) One, I'm very jealous. By the way, if you're U500, I I need to get one of those. Um,
0: They're so good.
1: Yeah, I just I I hit like I hit three iron off the tee, but it's just a regular. I've actually got the MP15. I got my clubs right here. Uh, MP15 Mizuno three iron. So that's what I hit off the tee. Again, I don't really hit driver. Uh, my, my other irons are uh, JPX 919s Mizuno as well. I've been hitting those for several years now. Love them. Uh, I've got three wedges. One is a uh, Vokey 54 degree um, S grind. And then I've got a couple Callaway Mac Daddy 2 wedges, 56 and 60 right there. Nice. So that's the so you, got, you got
0: 54, 56 and 60? I do. All right. It's a good I'm kind thing of got a, a fitting coming up. I'm kind of a Greg <laughs> <laughs> has what said a, disappointed. What
2: a slide drive.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I play a, I play this will be this gets even better Greg. I I go I have a pitching wedge, a gap wedge and a 54, 56 and 60.
2: That's that's actually psycho.
0: <laughs> All right. I, I'm <laughs> I'm not looking down on you here, but and the sometimes in- sometimes I put a 50 <laughs> in there. <also. laughs>
2: and a 64.
0: I don't do every, that. every possible option.
1: I need, you- I need help. Yeah. The, the game needs help. I play a Odyssey, uh white hot putter right there. I love okay. it. It's the best.
0: There so, you go.
2: That's my bag. What uh? What golf ball do you play, Kyle?
1: Oh, I'm kind of with you. I'm kind of whatever. Oh, no.
2: uh, <laughs> Just rile Greg up a little bit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I I I I like playing pro view. I, I'm not good enough for it to matter. I don't think. No, you are. I I Greg, my problem is. I'll I'll send you a video. One of my friends said, <laughs> said recently, this is not a compliment. You said you're the, I think I've said this on here. You
0: said you're the most offline flusher of the ball I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, you you told me that last time, last time you were going to send me a video. You said the same thing. I'll send you Flush a video box, right now, but offline. I'll, oh, just like all over the yard. <laughs> it's
1: so bad.
0: All right, I'll find we'll get a video. Like... That will gap out your wedges and then, you know, get you in a golf ball. All
2: right, Greg, you have, you have any final critiques? on Kyle and I's bag.
0: No, All just, right, we, you got it. This, it makes a difference. You got to take this stuff seriously. This got every club in your bag needs a purpose.
2: Okay. He's basically and, just disgusted with us. I'm going to, I'm going to take that to heart. I'm not sure.
0: disgusted. I love you guys, <laughs> but you're hurting your own game.
2: It's, it's a built in excuse. That's kind of what I live by on the golf course. Um, Somewhere I don't live is somewhere around par. And he has this question for us. What is everyone's favorite non golf podcast to listen to KP? I feel like you got some, uh, some gems up your sleeve, so we'll kick it off with you.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I've got quite a few that I kind of go back and forth between, uh, one that I I've liked a lot recently is called acquired and it's basically these deep dives into different companies. Um, and how they were built and how they came about. Most recent one I listened to, uh, I'm driving back and forth from Austin was about Nike. So it was like a four hour deep dive into the history of Nike, which oh, that's cool. was amazing. And they do it from a business perspective. So it's not just like, Hey, here's how the Jordans came about, but more so like, Hey, here's how much debt they had and why that wouldn't work in 2023 and stuff like that. So, uh, that one is very interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I'm kind of all over the place with podcasts right now. I don't have... I like how I built this. I love entrepreneurial stories. I, I think they are uh, very aspirational. And for me, as somebody who likes building things and creating things and writing, uh, I, I, I tend to gravitate toward kind of the entrepreneurial type podcasts.
2: Greg, what uh, you got?
0: I have, um, well, the First Cup podcast. Oh, non-golf. Um, I got a couple, really only three. Every once in a while, I'll branch out and listen to something on a specific topic that I may like. But I frequently listen to one called uh, the Jocko podcast, which is it, it, Jocko Willink is his name. He's a, uh, a former a retired Navy SEAL. And he talks about um, leadership. He does book reviews, which are awesome, um, has some great guests and some really cool stories. Uh, but the main theme of that is definitely leadership, uh, which I enjoy listening to. Uh, and the war stories are amazing as well. Um, and then the other one, when I'm not in a war kind of mood, I'll go to the Huberman Lab, which I just I think the he Andrew Huberman has these, basically goes into scientific studies on a variety of topics, you know, the effect of, um, of music on productivity, kind of thing, things like that. And it's very science based and kind of tells you what you, what, what works and what doesn't work. Uh, And it's very, um, very factual. I love that. And then my wife and I on a car ride, if we don't have kids in the car, which is rare, used to happen more frequently. We would listen to something called Crime Junkies, which is like, you know, uh, these like murder mysteries. And this woman, Ashley Flowers, tells the stories and she's got she's great. She does a great job. So that's another interesting one.
1: Yeah, my my wife listens to that. She uh, she loves it. She's way into it.
0: Yeah, it's pretty cool. I would never have heard it. I would never have clicked on it if it weren't for my wife, who finds it relaxing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, uh, I'm i not a huge podcast listener. I like The Old Man in the Three with J.J. Redick. Um, truthfully, I don't watch the NBA at all, but I kind of like his style of just talking about the game. He brings on great guests from... Players, former players, agents, uh, analysts like Tim Legler. He had Brian Winhurst on as well, uh, and he's kind of a sports analyst that uh, I find to be very impressive in his tr- transition from the NBA. Uh, but I'm I'm a huge audiobook guy lately, and there's an app called Libby where yeah. if you have a, if you have a library card. You, you can pretty much get whatever audiobook you want from your local library on the app. And I've just been ripping those on my walk. Um, so kind of like your wife, Greg, I've been really into the books that don't, they don't really make you think a lot like those thrillers or those like uh, murder mystery ones. I've been, I've been crushing those. Uh, so you, can, you lib- can
0: eat some popcorn and listen to it or read it. Yeah. You know, it's entertainment. So-
2: Mm-hmm, exactly. So that that is what I've got. We've got another break for you uh, before we get to some premium subscriber questions from the look of this list. Uh, but first, here's a word from our partners.
1: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. The rest is football wherever
2: you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Beats. And we are back. The first question is from Producer Josh. Step on down. (laughs) I I guess producer is his first name and Josh is his last. He said, we've talked about Victor Hovland changing the way we look at him in 2023. From a really good player to a guy clearly capable of winning multiple majors. Who leads the power rankings as the most likely guy to do that in 2024? Who wants it?
0: Would um, Max Holma fit that category? Or is he already in that category?
2: I think the category is kind of small. Like, I kind of think of it someone like a Sam Burns-ish who's won events, but not like, uh, a signature or right anything, anything great. I, I guess you could throw Max in there, but he has a couple big time wins as well. So
0: you think like Cam Young has been clo- too close in majors to get into that category? Yeah,
2: you could, I, I guess you could throw Cam. I, I guess it's kind of just like mid 20 something ish. Minwoo Lee, Josh said again, um, I don't know. I, I think the ca- the category is kind of tough to, to decipher who's in and who's out of potential breakout candidates.
0: All right. I got a break. I got one. Similar world ranking to Min Woodley. Uh, Cam Davis. Ooh,
2: I do like that one.
0: I think he has all the power you need. Um, and he he's shown the rest of his game is just extremely solid. But he hasn't quite stepped up in the big events yet. And, and I think this year, with what we've seen this fall, he could be the guy that um, steps up and starts stepping up and making his presence felt in the big events.
2: I like that one. Uh, I think you could throw probably like Sung JM in there as well. I know uh, Kyle said he's winning the Masters, but he's someone who could cer- certainly take that step this year.
1: I didn't say which Masters uh <clears throat> he might win the british masters um what about uh, is is can you throw ludwig in here
0: yeah sure he's never played a major yeah that's a great point a well what well, how, how, how was how was
1: how's the question was worded uh from a really good player uh let's see who from Victor Hoblin has changed our minds from a really good player to a guy clearly capable of winning multiple majors who leads the power rankings as the most likely guy to do that in 2024. I, you know, it's interesting because you think about Wyndham Clark, none of us would have said Wyndham Clark this time last year. Right. I mean, he would have been so far. I think, I think we run to like, okay, who's, who's in that like forties, fifties, sixties range. Wyndham Clark was like a hundred and six hundred and fifty you know? Right. Mm. And so is there somebody in that range, but also in the, in the thirties, forties, fifties, I think the guys you mentioned, Minwoo, cam Davis, uh, Ludwig, I, he's a little bit harder in that there's more unknown. Like, I don't know if it's a, I don't know if there's anything to leap from cause we don't really know totally what he is at, at a major championship level yet.
2: I'd agree. That's uh Yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna go I'm my final answer is gonna be Sung J, even though I said he's not gonna win a major. I am gonna contradict myself. Just for Vincent
0: Vincent Norman. Zai Thagala.
2: So, that's a good one. Has he what has he done in majors? Nothing?
1: Uh he got kind of frisky at the Masters last year.
2: Hmm. Oh, that's right. The
1: but tiger he was, chip. He was all over the yard. Hey Greg, I pulled up a video of my swing. You want to break it down right now?
0: Let's do it. Okay. Yeah.
1: Let me um I sh- let me share my screen here. Okay, we've got it right here. I can't I can't wait for this. Okay, this was okay. this is last year in Scotland. Give me, give me like what's what's wrong with the setup here.
0: All right. Now i gotta zoom in a little bit here it actually the setup position actually looks pretty good maybe a little maybe a little lower than i'd like to see with the hands okay so if you look at where where the club shaft would if you drew a line on it where it would intersect with your body that is around your belt line Uh huh. and maybe you know belt lines like the very low end of okay what i like to see um i'm i prefer belly button Okay. Maybe right in between. So you could potentially get your hands a little bit higher, but I don't okay. I can't tell that's not guaranteed at this point. Let's see what you got in the rest of the motion here.
1: Okay, I'm gonna play it and I'm gonna pause it like as I'm going back. Okay. You kind of you, you give a little cantline setup. I know.
0: That's kind of what I was yeah. Okay, keep going. This is pretty this is fine here. What about okay. that? Not what I expected. <laughs> <laughs> so I was I was pretty sure from the signs that you said to me, it's a good thing. I was pretty sure from the signs you said that um, we were going to see an open face, meaning the toe is hanging straight down to the ground. OK, but again, if you draw a line with your eyes on your fore your left forearm and the club face, they're pretty close to parallel. And if anything, the club face may be pointed a little more to the sky than the toe is to the ground. So you're in a maybe a closed position, um, slightly closed. So that's that's fine. Now the one thing that I do notice is there's too much bend in your right elbow. Okay. So you you could get a little bit more width by keeping your right elbow longer for uh, keeping your right elbow straighter for longer and kind Does of that pushing like- the club away at the top. Does that mean like
1: higher or further back?
0: Further away from your
1: body. Ah, okay. So hi- so higher in the sky almost. Uh,
0: this would be higher in the sky, right? Oh, farther away from your chest. Okay. Could, okay. It could be higher. You got room to go up a little bit higher. So Again, almost you're like, on- like laid off? No. How about this? Your hands, you would push your hands closer to the camera. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So that would give you a little bit more space. If they went higher, I wouldn't mind it. Okay. That Not makes lower, sense. but yeah, closer to, closer to the camera. Okay. All right, let's keep going. Okay, it froze. That's yeah, a, that's the, a great transition there. But- I paused oh, you, it. oh, you stopped it right here. Yeah. Okay, yeah. good. I thought I heard impact. Yeah, I, I think I the sound something. is
1: ahead of, of the video.
0: Yeah. So again, it starts to get a little, this might be a little bit too steep, or you want to see the club shaft start to get a little closer to the line of your forearm. But um, you know, like, if you draw a line on the club and go straight down to the ground, that club shaft would be inside the ball. So it's a little bit steep. So in order to hit this ball, you're going to have to back out of it.
1: Yeah, okay. So th-
0: so this in this position here, you'd want to get a little shallower and get the club head lower to the ground without moving the grip lower to the ground. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. So my guess is you're going to see your head. The, t- the back of your head is in line with the horizon. Um, and my guess is when you get to impact, it's going to be – Higher than that. So let's see. Oh, yeah, depth. Yeah, a little, so a little higher. Not, not terrible. Not terrible. But all right, here's the next thing. This is kind of your instant. You see in that follow through how yeah. far out to the right, The like the clubhead's chasing the ball, your hands are chasing the ball.
1: Yes. I get so handsy when I get down like at impact.
0: Yeah. That probably has something to do with how steep it is. Um, But also the path of your hands are too much down the line. So your hands are traveling to the target and they need to travel to the left around your body because you're a right-handed player. And that like you, we missed impact, so I don't know if you hit it on the heel, but the toe of the club is pointed at the ball, so there's a there is a ton of hand activity going through there um which again you get a little bit steep and then you kind of chase it down yeah there we there we go all right, so it's not you you're flush you flush it it's pretty solid, <laughs> it's pretty solid.
1: yeah, but it's it's like I flush it like this.
0: Yeah, your hands are going to the target and your hands need to go in a circle to the left. They need to whip around your body to the left without roll. You're not rolling your right hand on top of your left. They're staying in their orientation, but they're they're moving over to the left. Both of them.
1: Okay, so I it's so I need to move my hands, not through the ball, but to the left side of my body.
0: Yes. Okay, that And a that little quiet down the club face and hopefully like uh, the way I think of the the um, face rotation is the the club shaft spins. so if you have a logo on your grip that logo is, it doesn't have to spin doesn't have to point more towards the ground. yours starts to rotate like you're turning a screwdriver yes. and point toward the ground when you move your when you move the grip and your hands to the left, the logo on your grip can stay up facing the sky. Which Makes gives sense. you a quiet club face.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: So we could take a deeper look, break it down frame by frame. You know, I'll I, send it to me. I'll take a, a deeper look. Yeah. Draw some lines detail. on that too.
1: Yeah. This this was this is so helpful. This is I'm sure people love hearing about this also.
0: It's a good. Uh, point. You're a lot closer than you think.
2: It's a I'll, good point.
1: I'll send it to you right now. Perfect.
2: our, uh, our Spotify and Apple listeners are going to. Really enjoy that segment. Uh, Kyle, be sure to send Greg a couple hundred bucks, too, for his time. Oh, um, for sure. Yes. Our next question uh, is also about a wild boy off the tee. Jordan Speeth. <laughs> this one comes from uh, this one actually comes from me under the name Rick Donald. And it is Is Jordan Speeth destined <laughs> to be an average PGA Tour player for the rest of his career.
1: Is that your dad's
2: name? now my dad's name is steven rick That's donald alias. Yeah. yeah patrick mcdonald rick donald uh
1: i thought you're just taking on rick's name because you're in his seat today
2: yeah 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 i mean sure um i'm gonna start it off i uh how old is jordan speith like 30 30 30. rest of his career average pga tour player I think he gets like seven more wins. How many? What's he at? Like thirteen? 13? Yeah, I'd say he finishes at twenty and adds one more major championship, which I think is far that's above average. Quite a career. Yes, Ooh. I think I think that uh twenty twenty and four. That's my prediction for one Jordan Spieth. So above average.
0: I think, it's, I think it's a fair prediction. I'll go real quick and let Kyle get on the uh, soapbox here. Uh, his ability at Augusta National isn't going to go away. So the one more major I think is very much in play for at least 10 more years, um, which is a long time, obviously. The Open Championship, his ability to play that style of golf, I don't think is going to go away. So I, I'm I'm looking at Jordan as an above average guy for the rest of his career. He's 14th in the world. It's not great for Jordan, but it's well above average. And I think we see that continue.
1: Yeah, I, I I would add to Augusta. I think I think the Open is as good or even better historically for him as a as a venue. I know I know you mentioned that, Craig, but yeah. I I think it's all about perception here, right? Like if if so, the the company that he's been keeping strokes gain wise for the last twelve months: Cam Smith, Brian Harmon, Justin Rose, Jordan Spieth, Keegan Bradley, Sam Burns, Ludwig Aberg. That's kind of your those guys are about twentieth in the world in strokes gain over the last twelve months. So that's really good company. I think the perception is that he was going to be in the Scotty Chef for Rory McIlroy, John Rahm, Patrick Cantley, Xander Schauffele, Victor Hovland. That's your top uh, six in strokes gain. And the reality is that's not, I mean, a little bit of this is like what happened with Morikawa at the beginning of his career, where the luck went his way. He won a bunch of majors and you're like, Oh, what is this? You know, this is crazy. What am I, what am I, what am I viewing? And, and, the, the rebound from that is not a bad player. It's just not quite the player that we thought at the beginning. And that's totally fine. But that perception makes us feel like Spieth stinks now. There was a period where he was not that good. Right now is not necessarily that period. Uh, but I am curious to see like what he kind of settles into over the next 10 years. Because he he honestly could settle into... You know, a top twenty type player who still wins two or three majors because of how good he is at those
2: venues. I agree with that. Yeah, two thousand nineteen was the, the downturn. And then he kind of came out of that there uh, at Phoenix and then Pebble back to back weeks and back to uh, some sort of the same version of Jordan Spieth from I mean, uh, I heyday.
1: I'm with you. I think twenty and four is not unrealistic. Which is, I mean, what is that like? Ernie Els's career, basically.
2: Oh, it's a hell of a freaking career.
1: That's insane.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, four uh, four majors is the big one. Yeah.
2: What's What's like DJ, DJ's? What like twenty five and two? Something yeah. like that.
1: Yeah. DJ should be like twenty five and three.
2: Yeah. It'd be a shame if Spieth ended his career with only one green jacket. Uh, It feels like he
1: already has three. Yeah,
2: it it would just be a a real shame. Um, All right, we have another one, and it is asking each of you to build your own perfect golfer using skill sets from professionals off the tee approach around the green putting and mental capabilities. Greg, let's kick this one off with you.
0: Mm -hmm. All right, uh, so we'll start off the tee. This could go a number of different directions. Uh, and I'm kind of between three guys. One is Scotty Scheffler. One is John Rahm. And one is Ludwig. Now, yeah. he has he has not put this together for a long enough period of time to be considered the best driver of the golf ball in the game. But two, three years from now, if he keeps doing what he's doing, he will be hands down the best driver of the golf ball in the game. But because we haven't seen enough of it, uh, I will go. I will go with Scotty Scheffler. He is so long and incredibly accurate. He, he is very underrated in how accurate he drives it. He does not put himself out of play. Rom, I would have said at the beginning of this year, or if one year ago, I would have said Rom, and he's probably my number two at this point.
2: You want you want to go through the rest of your rest of the list? Oh, you Coach? want me to go whole game. Yeah, go whole game.
0: All right, um iron play, I'll go with Morikawa. I think he's proven over the last 4 years he's the best iron player in the game. Even when he loses his ball striking, uh loses his shot shape, loses his swing, he just puts up numbers approaching the green. I don't think there's anybody better than him. Scotty Scheffler was better than him this year, but um, I'm going to go um, with Scheffler off the tee. I'm going to go Morikawa into the greens. Around the greens, I will go with Jordan Spieth. I think he has the best short game over his career uh, compared to anybody. It's it's miraculous. It's timely. It's clutch. He has all the shots, uh, and, and he's had to lean on it at times. So I'm going Jordan Spieth there. Putting's a hard one. It's a really hard one. Because it's, you know, on on one hand, you could say Denny McCarthy, who's been the best putter, um, you know, over the last little while. What, five years, Patrick? I mean, he's unbelievable. Um, but has he made the big putts at the big moments? And that kind of, that seems to be kind of lacking. I'm going to go Patrick Cantlay on the greens because he can get so red hot uh it becomes unstoppable. And I do think he's m- more consistent than even his statistics. Mental. This one may be surprising, but I'm going to go with, I'm excluding Tiger here, by the way, just so, so we, just so we know, I'm going to go with John Rahm. Mm. Mm. And I know that he's gotten emotionally up and down and the mental game was the biggest question for him through his career. But I think his mental game, his ability to handle his emotions has improved and the fiery, aggressive nature gives you what it takes to win and win majors. He's not afraid of the moment and never has been. So I, I go wrong mental. I like that one. Can we pick the same player for different
1: categories? Or do you pick yeah. Okay. Uh I'm going off the tee. You went Scheffler? Yeah. I want to go Ca- I want to go Cam Young or Bryson. Uh I, I guess I'll, I'll I'll go Rory off the tee. It's just like the same thing every year. I mean, it's just so consistent. What what am I trying to do here? Am I trying to win one tournament or am I trying to have the best season?
2: Best player in the world. Okay. Best career. Go,
1: okay. Rory off the tee. Although Bryson's right there, and so is Cam Young. Uh, I'm actually going Rom on approach. I think wow he is, Um. No. You know what? I'm not. I'm going Scheffler. It doesn't look as good as Morikawa, but statistically and anecdote, like he's just. It's not sexy. Like he's not knocking down pins, but he's 15 feet, 15 feet,
0: 15 feet feet, every every tournament. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's 75 percent of his greens. I think it was like 73 and change. That's unreal.
1: So Rom, or excuse me, um, Rory Scheffler. Uh, Around the green, I'm going JT. I think he's the most creative. I think he, um, his numbers are there. He's, I I just want to watch it. So I'm going JT around the green. I'm going uh, Cam Smith, the putter. Saw too much of that 2022 Open Championship at St. Andrews to go anybody else. And then I'm with you, Greg. It sounds crazy to go John Rahm mentally, but I think that, I think he's gotten so good at transferring his. Uh, frustration and anger into bounce back ability. That's not a real statistic or measurable thing, but I, I think he's gotten to become one of the best in the world at it. So I'm going John Ra mentally.
0: Camp Smith's the right answer with the putter, by the way. He's uh, so good. It's, he's, it's, he's the best putter in the game. I'd like to change my answer to uh, Camp Smith. It's remarkable.
2: Uh, unfortunately, Greg, uh, you've submitted your oh. paper and we do not <laughs> allow corrections. But now that I have all the answers, my best golfer off the tee, I am also going with Rory McRoy. Just, I have that drive against Denny McCarthy uh, on the 18th hole at the match play, like awesome. stuck in my head. Just Filth. ridiculous. W- when he needs it, he, he, got, he has another gear and, uh, like Kyle said, it, it's pretty consistent year over year. On approach, I'm going to side with Colin Murakawa, Uh just uh, both long iron wedges, consistent as they come. Short game, I'm going to deviate from both of you and go with Patrick Cantlay or uh, Patrick Reed, actually. Why not? Throw love Throw it. that guy in the mix. We have a, I love it. What's going on great with great short game? So P. Reed, I, I remember watching the uh, 2020 U.S. Open, and this was before he shot like 45 on the back nine. But he was getting up and down from everywhere. He was like 36 hole leader, and then he shot 45, I think, uh, that Saturday round, unfortunately. And then putting, I think I'm actually gonna go with uh, it's Cam Smith. Yeah. Um, yeah, it gotta Cam be. Smith.
0: Yep. It's just the right uh, answer.
2: Yeah, it really is. And mentally, I do like the John Rom answer. I think Brooks Kepka makes a lot of sense, but I'm going to go with Victor Hovland. I mm. think the happy-go-lucky demeanor helps him, but we have proven or he has proven to be a freaking killer on behind that smile. And it's only a matter of time before he grabs his first major championship, probably this upcoming year.
1: I've got a quote from Brooks Kepka on Patrick Reed's short game, Patrick. Uh, it's from Golf Digest. This was from I think 2020. He said his short game is a joke. I don't. I don't think people realize how good of a wedge player he is around the greens. I'll never forget we're playing Charlotte a few years ago. It's me, Tiger, and him, and he hit the. He had the shot where I thought there was no chance he could get it within 15 feet, and he hits it to kick in. And I'm like, oh my god. And Tiger even said to me, I don't understand. He's that good.
0: <laughs> He must have moved his ball
1: <laughs> I mean if if uh, if Tiger's saying that about you, you know you've got uh, you got something special.
0: and if Brooks is saying it about yeah. you yeah for sure to admit
2: that um, all right we got one last question here from a Mr. Greg Porter, and <laughs> it is your dream for some let's go golfers only golfers only. Just because, I mean, we could do historical figures and all. Eh, We'll open it up. We'll open it up. Anyone in the world, dead or alive.
0: Dead or alive. Oh, so we've opened it up. We're not golfers only.
2: Not golfers only. Anyone in the world.
0: All right. Um, Well, Arnold Palmer. Yeah. Tiger Woods. Just have, you can't leave him out. So are you included in your own,
2: it's just three people, right? Yeah, it's three. Just three.
0: Yeah, we don't allow fives out here. Uh, who would be the you better last? play
2: the same golf ball, too.
0: You better. You better. I mean, I got to go with... It's between... It's a golfer for me. I mean, I'd love to go outside, but it's between Jack Nicklaus and uh, Ben Hogan right now. There's such a mystique about Hogan. I'm not sure he'd talk to me, Uh, but I'm sure he Arnie would. would. Um, and I kind of wouldn't want him to. Um I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Nicholas. He's the the greatest of all time. So I'm going with Tiger, Jack, and Arnie. Real original.
1: Yeah, very, very, uh very creative there, Greg. Uh, I'm going to go Cat. As well, I think listening to him like the the thing that I want out of this round, Patrick, is not like some sort of um oh I got to play with you. I I, I want to listen to freaks like the, the biggest freaks ever talk as nerdily as possible about golf. Like that's all I want. So I'm going, I'm going cat, I'm going Sevy, because I think their the conversations world. about moving the ball and everything that goes along with that would be just extraordinary. Like, I think they would talk about stuff that I'm like, I don't even know if they're still talking about golf. Um, so I'm going to go tiger. I'm going to go Sevy, And I'm going to go with, um, I, uh, I, I am uh, well. I, I want to go with Trevino because I think he would like. Yeah, I'm going to go with Trevino. Like just, just Trevino and Cat, obviously flushers only. Seve, I don't know if he's a flusher, but he did crazy stuff with the ball. And I just want to listen to them talk for five hours, all three of them, and they would mix it up, and it would be awesome.
2: That's a good one. Great uh, group. I think I'd go Tiger, Rory. And Greg Norman, and, uh, <laughs> and I'd kind of just sit back and uh, see how they interact with each other for just four hours.
0: Up, you want the drama? Turn maybe, the mics on and see. what Maybe happens. needle
2: them a little bit. You know, drop a few breadcrumbs where need be.
0: Tiger, um, what advice would you give to these two fine gentlemen about playing Augusta National? Uh,
2: yeah. Oh, <laughs> yikes! That uh, I didn't. I didn't really. Envision pitting Tiger against Greg and Rory, but I like where your head's at, Greg. I really like where your head's at. Um, that is all we have. You fellas got anything left for the viewers, the listeners, the questions?
0: Those were good questions. I yeah, really enjoyed that. It was
2: fun. I got a swing
1: lesson. I got We got to talk golf. It was a great day
0: all right well
2: that'll do it for this special edition october mailbag episode of the first cut i'm patrick mcdonald you can find me on socials at amateur status that is kyle porter you can find him at kyle porter cbs and that is greg ducharme you can find him at the real gfd this has been the first cut podcast we'll catch you later